0: I am your host, the big dog, Josh Harris. Introducing my co-host, my partner in crime for the past three seasons, Slim Cliffy. How are we doing today, Cliffy?
2: Not doing too bad. Um, got, uh, got. Uh, I would say, my rear end handed to me uh, last night. Didn't do so well. There were, you know, New Jersey really did not look good at all. Um, Nico Hish, you're not playing really kind of threw a, a wrench in things um but i you know only got back like a quarter of my entry it's not really a great night but that's just kind of how it goes um certainly we do have great nights to talk about uh from people in our at least one guy in our discord don't we
0: yeah uh whew, quite a night for uh nick ps you saw him all on top of the leaderboard he finished first and second in the fifteen uh, and he also won the the Q, uh, the qualifiers one thousand one hundred and eleven dollar qualifier. He won the first seat to the NHL Live final. Congrats to him, uh, man! the uh, The winning lineup in the fifteen was great. That is the was that the qualifier lineup?
2: Yeah, that's the qualifier lineup. Yeah. He uh, took down a seat even with a zero uh, from Mackenzie Blackwood, which you gotta feel you gotta feel good about that
0: yeah and you know something in that lineup that you see a lot is another nice way to get different you go two centers from the same team they're on the same power play it's a nice way to differentiate because you know as you see there matthews was very high owned tavares not very high owned uh great night for him congratulations to you um save some for the rest of us maybe i don't like he was all over the top of the leaderboard first and second in the 15 third and fourth in the 40. A bunch of others in the top 25. So, congrats to you. That is a great, great night. And yeah, I also had too much, too many devils last night. Too many golden knights. It's been one game for the Flyers, and wow, has John Tortorella like, imprinted on that team? Ivan Provorov with 10 block shots. You know, John Tortorella. You can say what you want about him being intense and all that, and. He has a very defensive minded system and he requires you to block shots and man. Oh man. Did the Flyers block a lot of shots last night. So yeah. Yeah.
2: One thing I do want to mention about the Flyers um, and Tortorella being there. I think it was a good point made by um, Charlie O'Connor, who's a beat writer for them over at the athletic is Tortorella is good at getting the most that he can out of guys that might not necessarily be NHLers. You know what I mean? Um, You know, certainly Morgan Frost was one of their top prospects, but hadn't shown much. He looked uh, really, really good last night. Um, You know, uh, the third and fourth lines actually looked uh, decent for the Flyers, which is something they absolutely did not look like uh, last year. So um, the other point that he raised is that it tends not to last super long. Like, can it last a full season? Can it last three or four seasons Uh, is the other question. But that's not a question for us in DFS. They certainly... Uh, did uh, look pretty good last night uh, or maybe the devils are just not nearly as good as we thought they were. Uh, I guess one team that definitely isn't very good and we knew they wouldn't be very good is Arizona. Uh, Pittsburgh just ran absolutely wild over them. I don't know how this isn't a regular occurrence uh, for Arizona and you know, we talk about how you might be able to play Arizona one. Nick Ritchie got a couple goals last night. He was on Arizona two. Uh, There might be some nights we play uh, the Arizona um, top line, but there's definitely going to be a lot of nights where we're stacking against them.
0: Oh, yeah. Even when Jacob Chikrin comes back, it doesn't matter. Like, you're just going to go full time. They took so many penalties. Pittsburgh did a lot of damage on the power play. But, man, they also dominated five on five. You look at the numbers from that game. Arizona is just, you know. They're obviously rebuilding. They're not really hiding the fact that they're tanking. They have about 6.7 million draft picks coming up in the next few seasons. So, you know, there's going to be high ownership stacking against, but it is easily one of the best spots in NHL DFS to attack. And uh, I see about 60 people in the chat so far. So if you're here and you haven't hit that thumbs up, please do that. It helps us out so much. We love giving you free content. Like and subscribe to videos. It not only helps us, it helps the whole channel. All the different sports, all the different shows that we give you for free. Hit that like, hit that subscribe. It helps us out a lot. So uh, let's get into this four-gamer. There's some interesting spots here tonight. Uh, Detroit is making their season debut against the Canadians tonight. And how we talked about on the first slate of the season, the Canadians look pretty good offensively, but they're going to have some issues on the blue line. So, you know, there's that to think about and they have actually two really good lines that we can use tonight winnipeg also making their season debut tonight and i went to my safety deposit box before the show and brought out this thing we have a proprietary algorithm i just wanted to give you guys a preview of how much cliffy and I and jake spent you know sleep how countless sleepless nights over the summer fine-tuning the winnipeg flowchart so We'll break it out when we. it's time to break down that game. Proprietary algorithm only at stochastic.com. So uh, let's get into that uh, first game tonight. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.6 total headed into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.8 total. Patrick Laine has a boo-boo on his elbow. He is going to be out for about a month. Elvis Merlickens was questionable. He's going to be out again. Um Tonight, Daniil Tarasov is going to be the starting goalie for the Jackets. Vasilevsky is concern, uh, concerned, confirmed. Maybe he's concerned about the Blue Jackets. But, yeah. uh, of note, Tampa Bay beat riders, uh, lines of practice, Steven Stamkos moving down to the second line center, Brendan Hagel moving up to the top line wing. With Tampa Bay, like, like, yeah, they move those guys around, but chances are. You're going to see Stamkos point and Kucherov together at some point, and you'll definitely see them together on the power play. Now, our ownership run hasn't updated since the line change, and I'm sure that will change some ownership here because Brandon Hagel is 3400 cheaper than Stamkos, so that does change a lot on the pricing side. I still think you can go back to old Tampa one here, just power play stack it, but uh, Columbus one very cheap, fully correlated. Ken Johnson in the lineup, not on DraftKings, which is makes me a sad panda. But I, with a 2.8 total, like, it was a bit surprising to me. So they're expecting goals on both sides here. Uh, so I guess there's stuff to play on both sides.
2: Yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning um, Columbus has a higher goal total tonight than Montreal does uh, going into Detroit um, than San Jose does at home to Carolina, though that might move uh, given the injury news. Um, we'll talk about that when we talk about the Sharks game. And only 0.1 goals behind the Rangers, even though they're on a back to back in Winnipeg. So um, I just looked at last year's uh, games against Tampa Bay because, you know, this Columbus team, it's largely the same team, just adding uh, Johnny Goodrow and subtracting Patrick Line because of his injury. Um, it's pretty much the same roster, right? Um, Columbus did score eight goals against them in three games, including a five goal game. Um, now, obviously, that means there's a two goal game and a one goal game. So um, that's. Uh, kind of the downside of playing the Jackets. So I definitely want to start uh, with the Tampa side here. Um, it's notable that Brandon Hagel is jumping to the top line for Tampa Bay for a number of reasons, obviously because it pushes Steven Stamkos to the second line and kind of gives us two even strength lines to look at from a scoring perspective. Uh, the other reason is just how good point and Kucherov are together um, over the last three years without Stamkos on their line, which means anybody else that would have jumped up, up there over the years, uh, your Alex Killorn's, uh, your Anthony Sorelli's, uh, what have you, they're still scoring 3.2 goals per 60 minutes at five on five. Um, anything over three is pretty good. Um, you know, at about 3.5, you're starting to get into elite territory, but 3.2 over a fairly large sample uh, with anybody that's not Steven Stamkos on that top line is really good. Um, and Columbus... Uh, we kind of saw it in their first game of the season against Carolina. They don't look like they're going to be a very good defensive team. Um, if you look at you know, expected goals against metrics last year, Columbus is near the bottom of the league in both five-on-five five and on the penalty kill. And like I said, they really didn't change much about this lineup other than adding Johnny Goodrow and uh, Eric Goodbranson, who looked absolutely brutal uh, in that first game for Columbus, but still finished second in ice time among their defensemen. That's something that's gonna to have to change for them, but we'll get to defensemen in a little bit. But this is a bad defensive Columbus team. And as you mentioned with Daniel Terasov starting, it's their AHL goalie and net. Now, Terasoff is a goalie that quote the goalie of the future. Um, but whether he's ready to play now against a team that's been to the Stanley Cup finals three seasons in a row, uh, is a whole other ball game. So we don't have um, the ownership just yet uh, with Brandon Hagel uh, on the top line, but we do have ownership with Stamkos there. Um, with Stamkos, it was about a 40% top two stack, according to our, our top stacks here. Um, over on FanDuel, if you want to check out, it, or if you're playing over on FanDuel, um, still 37.5% uh, with much lower ownership. Um the, I think Brandon Hagel's going to change that ownership and might actually even bring it up a little bit, just because he is cheap. I believe over uh, on DraftKings he's 4K and over on FanDuel he's only 4100. Um, you know, you're saving thousands of dollars off from Steven Stamkos, and obviously you're not getting the power play correlation. And as you mentioned, there are going to be shifts where even if Hagel you know, ostensibly stays on the top line the entire game, there will be some shifts where Steven Stamkos jumps up there. If it's anywhere near a close game, you know, if they get out to a five nothing lead, I don't think you'll see them do that very much. Um, but if it's you know, two one going into the third or something like that, you'll definitely see Stamkos jump up at times, uh, to the top line. And it's worth noting, um, they played a lot in their first game against the Rangers. I'm talking about Kucherov Point, and Stamkos, I think they, they're all over 20 minutes, and I think, um, you know, uh, is around like 23 minutes to 24 minutes, something like that. You know, with Anthony Sorelli still injured, um, you know, this team doesn't really look to be as deep in their second, third, and fourth lines as they have been in recent seasons. And I think, you know, when they got down early to the Rangers, um, you know, without the depth that they normally have, um, I think that's why you saw them play huge minutes. And I, you know, I think you can probably bank on them playing 20 again. So, um, I really do like uh, that Tampa Bay top line here tonight, even if the ownership comes up uh, with Hagel. I think you're fine to honestly just play Stamkos with Point and Kucherov just because, like I mentioned, the Columbus uh, penalty kill wasn't very good last year. I don't think it's going to be any better this year. Um, AHL, goalie, and net, they are going to play some five-on-five shifts together. So, um, you know, if you want to go with the savings with Hagel, that's fine. I wrote him up in the PowerPlace article for that reason. And I do want to talk... Uh, just a second about Brandon Hagel. He doesn't have a huge NHL sample, um, but he's pretty good going through the neutral zone, like um, getting into the offensive zone with control, which is something that helps teams generate more shots uh, than simply dumping and chasing. And Hockey Viz, which is a uh, advanced stats website uh, we use uh, a little bit, they have him as six uh, percent above average uh, finishing ability, i.e., scoring goals, and three percent above average and setting i.e. playmaking so um, he can help do the things um, that generate points uh, more than you know just um, you know being good through the neutral zone or good on the four check or something like that so he's not a nothing up there I don't think so I think you're fine with either Hagel uh, or Stamkos Uh, myself personally I I always like to go for the savings so I'd probably go with Hagel Um, you know, that way, you know, you can even make it a full stack with Victor Hedman on the blue line with the savings if you want. Um, But yeah, it is a really good matchup uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay top line. Uh, I want to mention Boone Jenner on the top line for Columbus is probably going to get this matchup. With line A injured, they have Justin Danforth up on the top line. If you don't know who Justin Danforth is, uh, don't feel bad about that. He spent most of his career in the East Coast AHL, uh, and overseas um, he's on the top line top power play with them uh, he was good in the fourth in a fourth line role for Columbus last year but there's a big difference between going out on the fourth line against fourth liners and going out on the top line uh, against you know the Tampa Bay top trio um, they are fairly cheap so I, I don't really hate using that top line where they do have perfect correlation uh, especially where Tampa Bay uh, was a heavily penalized team last year, like they did take a lot of penalties. Um, if that's something that carries over to this year, um, you know, Ryan McDonough is gone, Anthony Sorelli's injured, those are a couple key penalty killers for them. Um, I could see you know the Columbus power play doing a little bit of damage here, so I don't really hate um, the Columbus top line here tonight, but they are coming in with a fair bit of ownership because they are so cheap. We have them, um, 17-18% ownership, which I think sounds reasonable to me on a short slate for a, a mid price line that's going to play um, in all the offensive situations together. So I do prefer the Tampa top line, but it is a price thing. I would probably go with Hagel. The second line, I think, is where things get really interesting here. Um, Jack Rozovic, Yegor Chinnikov, and Jakub Voracek, the second line for Columbus. But Chinnikov and Rozovic, uh, played about 80, 85 minutes together last year, got absolutely ran over, four and a half expected goals against uh per 60 minutes. If you look at Vorchek and Chinikov, uh much bigger sample, up around 180 minutes, two and a half expected goals against, only 43% of the expected goals share. Like these guys have really struggled um
1: seeing is believing and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum processor because this is an audio ad unless you can see it which means you already have one nice samsung more wow than ever
2: maybe things will be different this year but now you're looking at a Tampa Bay second line with Steven Stamkos on it uh, Nick Paul, who's a pretty good two way forward, played a lot of minutes for them in, uh, in game one, I believe or in the first game of the season, I believe. So it's not a very good matchup uh, for that Columbus second line. It is a very good matchup for that Tampa second line. Um, so, you know, if you're worried about playing a top Tampa line that might be a little bit higher owned, Stamkos and Kloin are both on the second power play unit. So you can full stack that second line, get two thirds of the top power play and go fairly cheap into what is a really, really good matchup going against um, that Columbus second line. So um, I do like both of the Tampa top lines tonight. I think I'd be, um, if I'm just even strength stacking, I would probably kind of gravitate towards the second line a little bit because I do like the savings and I do like Nick Paul being there. Um, but either of the top lines are more than fine uh, to use here tonight. Now, you mentioned Kent Johnson being recalled, not in the DK uh, player pool. On the third line is a highly touted prospect. Um, he sh- does have a lot of upside. I'm just not sure he has a lot of upside um, until that role is solidified. But he has good line mates, right? Um, you look at the third line, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, Gustav Nike was like, I thought Cole Sillinger was Columbus's best forward in the first game. Um, he had a goal called back that would have been, you know, on the highlight reels at the end of the season, uh, just for being a shade offside. Um, you know, we played the full season um, as an 18 year old. I think he was last year. He might have been 19. Played the full season for them. Uh, certainly improving. I think that's one of those spots where if you're on Fanduel, even if you're on DraftKings, you can use and Nyquist as a little bit of a, a of a two man, even though they're on different power play units. And it, like, I'm not really sure that that uh, third line for Tampa Bay is going to be incredibly strong with Vladislav Mestikov as the center. So I think my favorite spot honestly in Columbus is uh, that third line. It's just a shame Kent Johnson's not on the power play, but that Tampa Bay third line, they're perfectly correlated on the power play. They are cheap. Honestly, I think it's probably Ross Colton or nothing for me. I'm a big fan of Ross Colton. I think he could have a good season. He probably has to, needs to move up the lineup for that to happen. Um, but he is uh, reasonably priced uh, at 4100 uh over on DraftKings, um, 4600 over on FanDuel. Um, I think he's one of those guys that maybe you can sneak in um, as your one-off um, if you're playing a three-two-one construction or something like that. So I do like the, the Tampa Bay second line here. Of course, I like the first line. Everybody's going to like the first line. But I do like the second line and their matchup here. Um, maybe, a, a two man from the Columbus third line, maybe someone off Ross Colton. That's what I'm looking at with their forwards.
0: Yeah. I, at the Columbus top line ownership, I don't really want to play them, even though, you know, Danforth is so cheap, like my favorite on the Columbus side is what you just mentioned is that third line. I wish Kent Johnson was in the player pool. He's not, I think you can one-off Colson cylinder here. Power play 1, 3,400, 2.7% projected ownership on DraftKings right now. You know, like you said, Tampa Bay takes a bunch of penalties. Yeah, their penalty kill is probably pretty good with Vasilevsky and all that jazz. But for 3,400, I'm going to take some stabs there. Vladislav Nemestikov, not the best defensive center. He's more suited to be on the wing. He's getting older. You know, he's had – he's a – He's an, a good player. Like he's good. He's just not great anywhere. I think he suffers defensively with, you know, 812-year-old Corey Perry on his wing. So I definitely think you could take some Columbus three stabs here uh, to get a little bit different in your builds. Uh for me on the Tampa Bay side, I think I'm going to power play stack. Um, I do like Hegel. I just wish he saw some power play minutes. He doesn't, but I think you go point Kucherov, Stamkos, point Kucherov, Kalorn, you know, Stamkos, Kalorn, Kucherov, something like that, mix and match, mix in headman. Uh, if I did have to full stock line, I think it would be that second line just because the ownership, depending on ownership, um, you know, Boone Jenner, decent defensively. Without line A, they might get a little bit def- better defensive numbers, but like, I don't know I don't know how much better Danforth is defensively what I do know is that Tampa's second line or the Columbus second line is just brutal defensively so from a 5 on 5 standpoint with the same amount of guys on the top power play I'll I'll uh, stack Tampa too on to the blue line here you know obviously if you're doing anything on the power play on either side you know Wierenski and Hedman are the obvious choices is going to play like half the game Hedman will as well I think Sergejev's a fine play um at thirty nine hundred, he'll see some ownership. Chernak at twenty nine hundred will block some shots if he doesn't, you know, break a bone first. But twenty nine hundred, I'll take some stabs there. Also on the Columbus side, I think either of the guys on the the second pair, uh, Gavrikov or Peak, are fine. They are coming up in price in the four K range, which is kind of no man's land. But you know, if you need some about twenty minutes with some block shot potential, I think that is fine as well.
2: Yeah, Sergachev was a guy that I wrote up uh in the PowerPlace article this morning. You can go check it out, stochastic.com. Uh free to read, going over a few plays for this slate. Sergachev um over on DraftKings just grades out flat out as one of the best values uh, on the slate because of his price. Um, just 3900 Uh projective or his median projections, nearly nine DK points. So that's really, really good uh for his price. Obviously, it's an ice time thing too, right? Like I mentioned, Ryan McDonough traded in the offseason. Uh, they have one guy injured, one guy suspended. Uh, Sergachev played 23 and a half minutes in their last game. I think that's probably going to be the range for him, 23 to 24 minutes a night, um, at least until their blue line starts to fill out with the guys that are missing a little bit more. So I, he's more he's much more expensive over on FanDuel, so I think it's more of a question there. But Sergachev. Uh, certainly, one of the better values on the blue line. But I also wonder about Eric Goodbranson. <laughs> like, is 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 he going to get hit by three pucks tonight and get us the DK bonus? Like, he played 21 minutes in their last game. He played the second most of any Columbus defenseman, more than Peak, more than Gavrikov, more than Bokvist. Uh, He was only behind Wierenski. So, like, I think Goodbranson can kind of work as a punt, though. I agree with you. I think Chernak probably makes a little bit more sense, especially with the offensive upside. Uh, Tampa Bay has here. I also want to mention uh, Zach Wierenski grades out as a, a just a tremendous value. Uh, whether you're looking at DraftKings, uh, whether you're looking on FanDuel, um, I'm just going to bring up um, our uh, projections real quick here. Sorry. Um, there we go. Uh, Zach Wierenski, second in uh, overall projections over on FanDuel tonight, but 2.4 expected value you can see it's much better than adam fox at 1.9 brent burns at 2.14 uh over on dk um kind of the same thing 2.1 uh for his value i believe it's it's the best of any of the expensive defensemen so um where tampa bay does take a lot of penalties i think where does make some sense it looks like he might have some high ownership tonight um just because of all that value uh But, you know, 15% ownership for a power play, one defenseman on a four-game slate. I'm not going to sweat it. So don't mind him as an expensive guy, but certainly Sergeyev at the top of the list for his price on DraftKings.
0: My friends, I see all of you in the chat, about 100 of you. Today is the last day for our $7 for seven days of NHL Weekly. I can't tell you how good of a deal this is. This is your last day to use it. Um, There are two ways that you can go about this. Click the link below in the description or use promo code PowerPlay. what this gives you is pretty much access to all of our premium stuff which is the projections that we showed you the ownership projections top stacks tools which cliffy shows from time to time because cliffy is on the sticks and our premium discord which is invaluable um we have great discussions in there we always alert if there's lineup changes uh we we talk more in DFS we talk you know betting uh, sometimes I go on wild tangents like I do on the show. It's it's a fun little community in there. It is the last day to take advantage of this 7 for 7 NHL Weekly. If you are on the fence about it, it's a dollar a day. If you play more than a dollar a day on DFS, you'd be de- doing yourself a disservice by not getting this. So, you know, click the link in the description or use promo code POWERPLAY. So let's get to the next game of the night. We have three more games there, Avery. <laughs> we have the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.8 total heading into Detroit. Uh, the Red Wings have a 3.4 total. Who, baby. No more Jeff Blassill on the wings. They have a very fun top six here. They brought in Andrew Kopp. They brought in David Perron. They also brought in our boy, Dominic Kubelik. But he's down on the fourth line. Uh, maybe he makes his way up the lineup at points this season. Uh, I see a lot of ownership here on both uh, Detroit lines. They're pretty evenly priced. Um, Jacob Verana is a fan favorite of ours. He is on the second line with Kopp and Perron, which is a really nice looking line. Uh, The top line is still the same. Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond fully correlated on the power play. On the Montreal side, it's going to be little boy goals. Cole Caulfield with Suzuki and Anderson. That line looked pretty good in their opener second line of bag of bones sean monahan with kirby dock and mike hoffman don't know how that line is going to be any good defensively that third line is interesting as well Dvorak, gallagher there is a lot to like on both sides here and i think and i and i say this not as a montreal canadians fan there is a lot to like on both sides here
2: yeah i agree with you i am a montreal canadians fan go Habs, go i mean you know, I know they're not going to be super good this year, but it just got to represent the team. Um, in the power plays article I wrote uh today for Stochastic, uh, again, free to read over at stochastic.com. Just go to our DFS page, um, should be at or near the top. I brought up the impact, um, of Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, now Tyler Bertuzzi missed, uh, uh, I think like 14 games last year because there used to be uh, rules at the border for unvaccinated uh, travelers, uh, both going into Canada uh, from the U S and going into the U S from Canada. Um, He wasn't allowed in because it was unvaccinated. So he missed all those Canadian games. And if you look at what uh, they've done over the years together, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin on the top line, Um, Bertuzzi uh, boosted the scoring and expected goals by anywheres from 10 to 15%. Like it was fairly significant Um, over the year, you know, over the last three years um, Detroit scores 26% more uh, when Larkin's on the ice with Bertuzzi than when he's on the ice uh, without Bertuzzi. So uh, I think Bertuzzi is one of the more underrated players in the league. Like he can kind of do it all right. He's, he can score goals, uh, he's a pretty good playmaker. He's certainly a great disruptor uh, down low, uh, you know, disrupting the defense and opening passing lanes and stuff like that. Um, Lucas Raymond on the other side had a pretty good rookie season. Uh, looked to be a sniper. Um, I just think this is a, a, a year where you know Larkin's healthy, Bertuzzi's healthy, won't miss games. Uh, Raymond's a year older. Just looks like a great year for that Detroit top line. They are coming in with a lot of ownership. Um, our top stacks tool. Uh, which is uh, part of that uh, part of our wonderful array of tools. Here, <laughs> it's stochastic. I didn't mean to phrase it like that. Our, um,
0: tools, our great tools are behind you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember, promo code PowerPlay to get access to our tools. Um, we have Detroit's top line coming in as the third highest own line, but it's not even that bad because we have them as 18% uh, top two percentage. Um, you know, a little bit, uh, lower owned with a little bit lower top two stack over on FanDuel, but still, um, like they're probably, you know, Larkin certainly probably gonna play 19, 20 minutes Bertuzzi around 18, um, you know, Raymond a little bit less, but you know, they're a very good line. They were a very good line last year and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be a little bit better this year. And they're probably going to get a fair bit of, um, that second line matchup against Christian Dvorak and Brendan Gallagher. Now, I think that line is good, but I'm not sure Yuri Slavkovsky is ready to, you know, get top line competition in the NHL. He's 18 years old, and it's the second NHL game, so um, I think Detroit one can do a little bit of damage here. Uh, do like them, Detroit two. I really do like the way that that line looks. Um, we have Andrew Cobb, David Perron, and Jakob Vrana on the second line for Detroit. Now, Perron was brought in as a free agent. Cop um, was brought in as a free agent. Verano was traded for a couple years ago, but he was hurt for most of last year. For people that don't really know them, Cop, uh, a very good two-way center. It can kind of do it all um, as a second, you know, as a second-line center. He seems like the perfect, you know, type of second-line center. You can rely on him in defensive, offensive zones. Can score. Can uh, good transition. All those things. Uh, Jakob Vrana flat out is one of the best goal scorers in hockey. The pro, you know On a per 60 basis, I believe he's only second to uh, Austin Matthews at 5-on-5 five five over the last three years, uh, like on a per-minute scoring basis. The problem is, is that he doesn't play a lot of minutes. Um, and where he's going to be on the second power play, you know, he might not play more than 15, 16 minutes here tonight. David Perron, I think, is kind of the crux for me here. Um, I wrote in the Power Plays article on Stochastic, in the section on Dylan Larkin, of how good David Perron is on the power play. He uh, was 90th percentile uh, for expected goals for impact on the power play over the previous three seasons and 95th percentile uh, by actual goals impact. So not only did he help his teams generate a lot more quality shots, but they actually finished and scored a lot more goals. When Perron was on the ice and the one area that Detroit was pretty weak last year. I mean, there are a lot of areas, let's face it, but one area that's important to us for DFS uh, was the power play. The top unit only scored seven and a half goals per 60 minutes. Uh, The comparisons I make uh, in the power plays article was the Carolina top line, the Carolina top or top power play, sorry, the Carolina top power play and the Ottawa top power play closer to 10. So scoring, you know, one third more goals,
3: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Per minute, then Detroit. If Perron can, can can make this like a top 10 power play unit, that completely changes, you know, not only his line, um, but our, his line's production because, you know, he could uh, bring some more power play production and, and more fantasy points to that second line as a whole. But it would really, really help the top line with you know the guys that he's skating with on that power play so I think we could see Dylan Larkin's best season because of additional power play uh scoring I think we can see Tyler Bertuzzi's season so while I like Detroit too here tonight I like just going to the Detroit top line and hoping Perron uh, really makes a big difference. Um you know if you want to leave off uh you know Bertuzzi and put on Perron instead if you want to just four man or five man or full stack the power play I think that's fine. Um, Montreal didn't have a good penalty kill last year. I don't think they will be a lot better this year. They're missing, you know, they have four guys, three four guys that have under 15 total uh, NHL regular season games of experience. So you can only expect so much from them. I know they look good against Toronto in their first game, but, you know, Montreal always gets up at home uh, for games against Toronto. Not sure about games on the road on Friday nights uh, in Detroit. So I do like Detroit one a lot here tonight for their perfect correlation and reasonable price. Uh, on the other side, Montreal's not really carrying a lot of ownership right now. Um, and I do kind of like um, that Doc Monahan Hoffman line. They look good in the first game. I thought Kirby Doc looked great. Um, he was making a lot of plays uh, along the boards deep in the defensive zone, keeping the puck alive, um, you know, trying to find teammates for shots, which is his game, right? He's not a goal scorer. he's more of a facilitator. Playmaker, big body type, down low, get the puck to his winger. So, um, you know, a two man of um, Hoffman and Monahan, I think, are perfectly fine here. Especially on DraftKings, where Monahan's only twenty nine hundred. Um, he's twenty nine hundred second line top power play. Played eighteen minutes in the first game. You don't get you don't get a lot of forwards playing eighteen minutes a night for twenty nine hundred on DK. So, if I'm going to the depth from Montreal, I'm probably doing like a two man of Hoffman Monahan. Uh, maybe Doc and Monaghan or something like that. But I think Doc would be the one guy I would leave off that stack because I don't know he has huge upside because he's not really a big goal scorer. But I do like Hoffman uh, and Monaghan, you know, reasonably owned, but shouldn't be excessive. Of course, the top line definitely in play, um, especially going up against Ben Chirot. Uh, Ben Chirot now in Detroit, a little bit of an overrated defenseman. I think Montreal can kind of skate uh, around him a little bit. Uh, Don't mind the top line, but I think I'll be looking for savings with Monahan, Hoffman, Doc, and certainly on the Detroit line. I love their top line here tonight. They're one of my favorite stacks on the night.
0: Yeah, I agree. I also do really like Montreal one tonight. Their ownership is in check here. It's not like, yeah, Detroit has a new coach and yeah, they have a nice middle six or top six now, but like they were really bad defensively at times last year. Uh, better than expected. I went and looked at your defense numbers like, oh, wow, they're actually – weren't awful, but, like, this top line is very good. They're fully correlated. I do like Montreal 1. Um, yeah, I wish, uh, like, last year when Pia Suter was on Detroit 2, they always came in with way lower ownership than Detroit 1. Uh, Detroit 2 is a little bit over-owned for me. Um, with ownership being equal, I'd take the extra 3% on Detroit one and just go with Detroit one. You want a power play stack. I think that's perfectly fine. Dave Perron going to help that power play big time. Um, I think you can one-off Perron too, if you want, uh, if you know, you're looking for a little wings exposure and you can't get to that top line, I think Perron's a fine one off. Uh, he does shoot the puck a fair bit. Um, moving to the blue line here. Um, I'm not sure there's much on the Montreal side. Chris Weidman's min price running the top power play again. The Crash Bandicoot Abudabaga, or whatever that guy says, is on the second pair with him. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But, um, he's not a real person. He's not a real person? No. Avery says he's not a real person. I kind of agree. That last name is ridiculous. But that's just, his, that's just his, 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 his common username. That's his username. Okay. But he did uh, play, I think, almost 20 minutes. So I think either of those guys are fine. David Savarda, which was cheaper. Uh, Jordan Harris is mid price. Uh, brother from a different mother. He put up a big DK uh, score uh, in his last game. Like these guys are really cheap. You can take a stab on them. On the Detroit side, uh, Maury Cedar, if you're power play stacking. Uh, don't mind Hronic at 3,700. Wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, Ole Mata is always a favorite of mine but he's, you know, 3K, which I guess it's fine, but I'd rather just find the 700 for chronic and Ben Sherrod too expensive for me.
2: Yeah. That Ben Sherrod price um, over on DK uh, feels pretty excessive to me. Um, He's much more palatable over on FanDuel, uh, just 4,200, only a hundred dollars more than uh, Jordan Harris um, where Harris is like half the price of Sherrod on DraftKings. Like there are some pretty wild differences Uh, in the defense prices between the two sites. Um, I do like Mord Cedar a lot here tonight. I wrote up in the power plays article. He was only one of three defensemen in the NHL last year with at least 180 shots and 160 blocks. Um, The other two were Jacob Truba uh, and Alex Petrangelo, who are are two defensemen we target for peripherals, right? So um, we're at least on DraftKings. I like Cedar's price a lot. Expect, a fair bit of ownership because of that price. I think people are going to gravitate towards him because he is uh, fairly cheap. But I I think the Montreal defenseman I would go to is Caden Gooley. Um, He is a guy that, yeah, he's a guy that they think fairly (laughs) highly of. uh, Played 21, 22 minutes or something like that. 22 minutes in their last game. He's going to be on the top pair. uh, Definitely has an opportunity to reach the block bonus. So I like Gooley on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, the one thing I say, uh, right before we came on the show, Cliffy and I recorded a video uh, about how to play NHL DFS, and we talked about 3-2-1 lineups. I think if you want to fade Detroit one, I think a two-man of Perron Cedar makes for a nice play as well. So check out that video that's coming out today. I just wanted to plug that a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I think a Perron Cedar two-man is a nice way to get some Detroit exposure tonight. And uh, we got some prize picks. This show is sponsored by Prize Picks. Um, You know, there is no sharks. You're not going to see Jake Harry and his muscular quads on prize picks competing with you. You can play with them. You can run the same, you know, picks as him, but he won't take your money. Um, No sharks, no optimizers or mass entries. You can go up to five players in your lineup. That will 10x your entry fee. Uh, You can go cross sports here. You can load in some NFL stuff with MMA or hockey, baseball, basketball, whatever you want to do. Um, there's a link in the description below that will get you one free month of stochastic plus platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with prize picks. Uh, I forgot to make some picks yesterday, but the two that I really like today are overs again, um, over on Brent Burns and over on Dylan Larkin. I like both of those really nice today. Uh also, if you're betting, you saw I tweeted about it for some reason the biggest house on narrative street, Brent Burns, which we'll get to later. They're lining him with a two and a half shot on goal prop on most sports books at plus money. We were hammering that in the premium discord today. So check that out. So let's move to the second half of our four game slate. We have the New York Rangers with a 2.9 total heading into Winnipeg, the Winnipeg jets and their secret flow chart have a 3.1 total Rangers are on a back-to-back. It's the first of the season. I don't worry about it too much from a skater standpoint. Where I do worry about it is that Igor Shosturkin most likely be on the bench tonight, getting a rest. Yaroslav Halak most likely be in net tonight. Now, I have no stats to back this up, but when (laughs) Alexander Yorgiev was in net last year instead of Igor Shosturkin, some of the defensemen – played a little less aggressive, and I think it kind of backfired a little bit. Like you saw Adam Fox didn't pinch as much. Jacob Truba didn't pinch as much because I know that, you know, as good as Yorgiev may end up being, he is not Igor Shosturkin. Igor Shosturkin had one of the best goalie seasons in NHL history last year. Um, Yaroslav Halak is good, was good. We'll find that out. He ha- generally has been a very good backup. He is no Igor Shesterkin. Now, the top line for Winnipeg is Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor. I had to do a lot of. We, 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 Clifford and I didn't sleep last night. We were fine tuning the, the flow chart because Blake Wheeler is now on the second power play unit, which is just peak nitrous. Like that grind that gets my gears going. He is not on the top line. His dusty ass is not going to be, you know, having bad defensive numbers. That top line is offensive-minded. The Rangers aren't the best defensively. They don't have Igor in net. I would be shocked if Igor goes back-to-back tonight. So the problem is heavy ownership on Winnipeg here. Rangers on a back-to-back, they have some ownership. And historically in the past few seasons, Winnipeg has struggled on the penalty kill. Rangers do have a very good power play. So I think, you know, Some power play stuff on the Rangers does make some sense tonight, but I'm interested in what you think you're going to be doing with the Winnipeg top line.
2: Yeah. I I just want to mention real quick that our top stacks um, was just re-ran with uh, Brandon Hagel on the top line uh, for Tampa Bay. And it changed things quite a bit. Uh, Winnipeg now far and away our expected highest ownership line um, up to 30% um, with no other line. Uh, on this slate expected to be above 21%. So um, I think that's kind of what we expected Would was that um, with that price coming down, you can now fit them in with other high price lines, this Winnipeg top line being one of them. I wrote about Ehlers, again, in the Power Play article over at stochastic.com. And... A couple things. One, he sh- landed almost four shots per game last year, which is just an absolutely wow, right. insane number. Not power play either. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's without without top power play minutes. The other part related to the power play is uh, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty or twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two to the end of last season. Um, he only got seventeen percent of his points from the power play. If you look at elite top scoring wingers, you know like his. Uh, line mate, Kyle Connor, or like Jake Gensel or any of those guys, it's typically 25 to 30%. Um, if he's in that range, he's over a point per game player. And, you know, on DraftKings, he's only seventy or 6,500. If he really starts producing on the power play, like Blake Wheeler has in recent seasons, he's probably an $8,000 winger, right? Um, so if Tampa, if Winnipeg plays as well as they can, Um, or as well as they should, um, this is an $8,000 winger and this is an underpriced line. Uh, The final note I'll make is that when Ehlers and Shifley are together or had been together over the previous three years, uh, the expected goals scored went up by about 16%, which is very significant uh, for one player change. And actual goals scored went up over 50%. It was absolutely bonkers how much having Ehlers on that line really, really helped out Winnipeg, uh, in their goal scoring, uh, by extension, Mark Shifley. The question is, um, of course, flow chart season, uh, for those unaware means if it looks to be a really good matchup for Winnipeg and it is tonight, you know, three and four for the Rangers, uh, back-to-back traveling, um, backup goalie in net, this is pretty good for Winnipeg, uh, it just seems that they kind of falter in these situations. It's when they're in tough matchups that they really succeed. But um, I think for anybody playing tonight, the Winnipeg top line would be at the top of the list for for projections, uh, for ownership, for very good reason. Uh, reasonable price, high projection, perfectly correlated even strength and power play. Um, Ealers and Connor are pretty much in the primes of their careers. Um, both really, really good goal scorers, both good shooters, Scheifele, obviously a great distributor. It's just a really good offensive line. Um, the reason you wouldn't play them here tonight, especially if you're in a single lineup, uh, you know, single entry or three max or something like that. The reason is ownership. Um, I, I think you could see them in one third, um, of lineups here tonight. Um, that is exceptionally high, uh, even for a short slate like this, um, maybe a little bit more muted on FanDuel. Um, they're a great play. There's no way around that. They're a really good play uh, in a good matchup here tonight. It's just whether you want to take the risk um, of playing them with so many other people in. Uh, I, I think I might take the ownership savings and go over to Detroit one if I'm playing a single lineup here tonight. Uh, on the Rangers side, that second line has looked pretty looked pretty good last night with Alexis Lafreniere there. And even the top line looked good with Capo Caco. Um You know, once again, we're not expecting a whole lot of ownership on the top line here. Uh, We have them at 6% uh, on DraftKings, which, of course, is pretty low uh, considering uh, the slate uh, a bit higher, 17% on FanDuel. Uh, That's because the price is reasonable with Kako being so cheap. Two things. Winnipeg had a really bad penalty kill last year, and the Rangers typically have a very good power play. So if I'm stacking Rangers here tonight, you don't have to power play stack, but it's certainly an option. Um, the problem is Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck I think is one of the four or five best goalies in the world. Um, you do have to be worried about him single-handedly shutting down the Rangers here tonight. If I'm playing 20 lineups, 50 lineups, 150 lineups tonight, of course, I think I would get a couple Rangers top line or Rangers power play stacks in here. I think you're fine to do it in single entry as well. If you want to be risky, Uh, But honestly, uh, when I look at the ownership of Detroit one uh, and I look at the ownership of Rangers one, um, I'd probably just go to Detroit one here tonight. You know what I mean? So um, if I'm playing, uh, I think I'm going single entry tonight. So I I don't think I'll get to the Rangers. Uh, If you're playing like 20 max or something like that, I think I would definitely look into having a little bit of that top line in your mix. Um, as far as the, you know, the depth lines goes, go, I'm not super excited here. Um, you know, Dubois, Wheeler, Perfidi, uh, looks like they could be a good line. They're not getting much ownership on FanDuel. They're getting more on DraftKings. You get one guy in the top power play unit, uh, in Dubois. I think Perfidi could turn some heads here tonight. Um, I, I just, I, am wondering if this is the, the complete falloff season for Blake Wheeler. Like he has struggled, Defensively, particularly, um, but now that he's off the top line, off the top power play unit, does he get a little bit exposed uh, with his age and with his declining skills? Um, I just think that there are other lines I would probably rather attack that are coming in with roughly the same ownership, like the old, you know, the new Tampa one line with Hegel coming in roughly the same ownership as is, uh, or at least they are over on DraftKings as is the new Tampa two line. I think I would rather go with one of the Tampa lines, pay the difference. Uh, then drop down to Winnipeg 2. So Winnipeg 1 for me. um, Rangers, uh, I do like the top line here uh, in this game, so I think it's about both top lines uh, uh, for me. I think I'm avoiding the second lines in this one.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to be doing with Winnipeg top line here. Now the flow chart, if Blake Wheeler was there, is a fade. Now do we have data on the flow chart without – not yet. So <laughs> we're going to find out tonight. The thing is, like, yeah, 30% ownership, but, man, they are underpriced compared to what they could be. Like Kyle Connor was in the mid eights at times last year. Ealers, like you mentioned, if he gets off to a hot start, will be in the mid-sevens. Shifley saw seventh out. Like, this potentially could be a 21-22K line if they're doing what they're supposed to do. You're getting the heavy discount there. You're not getting the ownership discount here. I don't know what I'm going to do in single entry in MME, 150 max. I think you got to take a stand here. Like I like taking a stands in MME on short slates on these teams, you either go way under or way over. Um, yeah. You can go with the field. I just, I just feel like you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you do that. So I think you kind of got to take a stand on the Rangers side. I like that second line, but man, they're going to be a little bit over owned. Um, I think you can power play stack or you can one off like a Trocheck. Um, or a you know Chris Caride or something like that but I don't think I'm gonna full stack anything on the Rangers if you do need a cheap one off I think Alexis Lafreniere uh has looked really good to start the season especially now that he's playing with Panarin I think he is fine on the blue line I should just you know hit my play button because I'm gonna just repeat myself Adam Fox if you're using power play Jacob Trouba if you want a one-off Keiondre Miller, nice punt. Like, Keiondre Miller has looked very, very good to start this season. He is still very, very cheap. If he starts producing more offense, he is going to be priced a little bit lower than Jacob Truba. So I like getting in on Keandra Miller um, before his price starts going up. I can't stand that Josh Morrissey's on the top power play. I wish it was Neil Pionk, but Morrissey 4,800 on the top power play is fine. You want to use Neil Pionk kind of like a Jacob Truba stat stuffer, I think that's fine if you want to punt, especially if you're using a heli buck. I think Brendan Dillon or Dylan DeMello are fine.
2: Yeah, um, I do like Kyandre Miller. Uh, as long as he stays under like 3,500 on DraftKings, I think he'll he's in play on most games. Brendan Dillon uh, might get some reasonable ice time Winnipeg, he grades out as a pretty decent punt, at least over on DraftKings 4, so that's the way I would go. I agree with you. I don't think you need to use Morrissey in your Winnipeg power play stacks. Obviously, if you're playing a lot of lineups, you will have some Morrissey, but he's definitely not a must in single entry.
0: Yep, so let's move on to the last game of the night. We have the Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.4 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.6 total. News here, Timo Meyer expected to play. Um, if you like to park your car on narrative street, this may be the biggest narrative of the early hockey season. Uh, Brent Burns back in San Jose as the Carolina power play quarterback. Now, Carolina one, let a lot of us down on opening night, myself included. They are not getting a lot of ownership here. Maybe because Ajo is overpriced or maybe they didn't play too well. I suspect they're going to be higher than the 4% that they are right now. They may hit double digits. We'll have to wait and see. Sharks aren't a very good defensive team. Sharks, on the other hand, getting heavy ownership on that top line. Um, But with you know, Luke Hunnan not on the top power play unit anymore, Kevin LeBanc moving to that top power play unit, I think there is another line on that team that I like better, and they're getting much lower ownership. What are you thinking for this game?
2: Yeah, um, I was kind of surprised when I was looking uh, through our top stacks tool um, on the uh, Carolina ownership. The top line, at least, fairly muted. Um, We have expected on DraftKings, uh, definitely uh, in the single digits. uh, Same over on FanDuel. I I think it kind of makes sense uh, in a way because you have the Tampa top line, you have the Winnipeg top line, Detroit top line. Um, Rangers top line all in the same price range and at least on DraftKings you can't play uh, those two lines plus your goalie and then fit anything more than a couple punt defensemen so I'm not sure Carolina ends up at Carolina top line is five percent but I think you could definitely see them at like you know eight nine percent something like that which on a short slate is fine I think we saw the problem with the Carolina top line in their last game and using them in DFS and it's an ice time problem right um, we mentioned it, uh, in the show where we were covering Carolina, I think it was Wednesday, uh, the days all blur together. Um, Sebastian Ajo was the only forward over 18 minutes. Um, I think they only had two other guys over 17 minutes. Um, one of them being Seth Jarvis, who was on his line, but, you know, Tuvo Teravinen was at like 15 minutes or something like that. Carolina really does like to spread out the ice time among their forwards And that's kind of the issue with stacking them is that you're not going to get those 22, 23 minute games. Like we were talking about with Tampa Bay earlier in the show. So if you're not going to play a ton of minutes, I'll probably just drop down to the second line. Um, And I did write up um, that second line a little bit in the power plays article. Martin Natchez, I thought looked like Carolina's best player uh, in the first game. Um, he, He had a tough year last year, but he still had a lot of good underlying stats, things like zone entries, Um, Shot assists, which are passes uh, leading to teammate shots and things like that. And he's playing with Andrei Svechnikov, uh, who's one of the top young goal scorers in hockey. So I really do like that Carolina second line going into the San Jose second line. You get away from the Hurdle-Meyer combination. I think the San Jose second line should be a little bit better this year uh, than it was last year. Um, you know, Kevin LeBanc healthy, but, you know, Steven Lorenz is really an unknown quantity. Logan Couture's defensive skills are starting to slide now that he's 31 to 32 years old. So I do like Carolina too, kind of as, like, uh, as kind of like a fillery stack here, especially where, you know, Nate just played as many minutes uh, as Jarvis did. Kockaniemi played as many minutes as Tara Vinon did. And I think you're going to see a lot of games like that from Carolina this season. Um, You know, um, Kock and Yemi and Natchez, uh over their last 215 minutes together, 2.9 expected goals generated per 60 minutes. That's pretty good. Um, and then you add Andre Svechnikov to that mix. I think you're going to see them be even better. So I do like Carolina too as a fillery type stack here tonight, going into the second and third lines uh, from San Jose. On the San Jose side, yeah, you're right. That top line ownership is just bananas. Um, you know, you get two to three guys on the power play. Myers just a shot machine. Um, you know, plays well with hurdle, top power play and all that. But like we mentioned in the show with Carolina, Carolina has had one of the best penalty kills in NHL history last season. Uh, and I see that repeating again this season. So like, I don't want to rely on power play correlation for playing a line against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's one of the teams where I just won't do that. So um, I think it's probably the this, this two second lines that I like best in this game. Um LeBanc will get top power play minutes for as you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, for as good as they were offensively, um, Carolina's second line was offensively last year. They did give up a fair amount of goals defensively 2.8 expected goals against, which is really high, considerably worse than average. I think average is about 2.4. So, um, I think you can see a lot of uh chances traded between those second lines when they face off against each other. So this is probably the game where I'm going to leave the top lines alone and drop down to the second lines. I don't have problem playing the top lines. Like, Don't get me wrong, especially with Carolina top line um, having such good leverage. I just think this is the game where I'm going to look for my filler-type stacks.
0: Yeah, and we talked about how it's it's so hard to find these guys on DraftKings under 3K on the top power play. There's three of them tonight. Sean Monaghan, Justin Danforth, Kevin LeBanc, and I think Kevin LeBanc – is my favorite. Now it's the worst power play matchup on the slate and he is softer than Charmin ultra soft, but like at that price shooting pucks, he has, he does have a good shot of hitting that shot bonus. Um, Brett Burns, 6,300, his price has gone up. He uh, had six shots on goal, had like five other attempts blocked. If Carolina scores on the power play, I I think he's going to be involved I think he's fine at the price. I just don't know what I am going to do with him yet. Uh, maybe I'll just let my bets ride and you know look elsewhere in DFS. Uh, I think Slavin is a is a Jacob Truba type one off here. Brady Shea, a little bit too expensive. Um, Brett Pesci at four thousand four hundred is somewhere someone else I would look at. On the shark side, there just isn't anything that I really like. If you want to. For power play stuff, use Carlson. I guess that's fine, but I'd much rather use like a Truba than Carlson tonight. Mario Ferraro is way too expensive for me. He does not shoot the puck, 4,900. So I'm probably just going to look elsewhere for defensemen tonight.
2: Yeah, I will say Jacob Slavin's price on FanDuel, 4,600, is really, really good. Um, he grades out as one of our best defense Um values regardless of price over on FanDuel tonight. So I don't mind Slavin over on FD. Over on DK, I agree with you. Uh, maybe uh, if if you want to correlate, you know, if you're playing Carolina 2, correlate with Brett Pesci or something like that. But I don't think this is the game where I'm going to be looking for my defenseman. Um, and, you know, maybe Eric Carlson has to play a ton of minutes because they, they're they not very deep. But I agree. I'm looking elsewhere for my d men.
0: Coming up after us at 3.30, we have the No House Advantage show with A10 and Jeff. Um, and just a reminder, this is the last day for our 7 for 7 promo uh, promo code POWERPLAY. Take advantage of it. It'll give you a week, even if you just want to try out the tools. Um, take them for a spin, take them for a ride, whatever weird you know quip you want to say. Pa- uh, promo code POWERPLAY. Click the link in the description. Now let's get to our hat-trick picks and goalies. Goalie's kind of interesting tonight. There really isn't, you know, I don't know. You can use James Reimer, I guess, at 7,600, but I much prefer Freddie Anderson in that game. Halak is unknown at this point. Connor Hellebuck obviously stands out, but I worry about the penalty kill. I think Vili um, Husso at 7,800 is going to be popular, but I, I think Montreal is good offensively, and Detroit still has questions defensively uh Vasilevsky is obviously the safe option and Tarasov would be the guy to get you know the cheap option but the problem with Tarasov is the Lightning don't shoot the puck a lot so it's very possible he sees less than 30 shots on goal so I think my favorite goalies tonight are expensive in Freddie Anderson and Ville Huso
2: yeah I do like Huso um he probably will be fairly owned but he's one of the goalies I have I also did write up James Reimer um I think if San Jose wins that game, it's not because they blew out Carolina six to five or something like that. I think it's because uh Reimer puts up a very good game. So he might be the chief goalie that I look towards, especially over on FanDuel where I think he's only 6,800 uh, on DK. I do like Huso uh quite a bit here tonight. And I, I guess maybe um, Halak would have leverage over that Winnipeg top and second line ownership. Um, I don't know if you want to build like that, um, but you know, He's uh, only 7,800, but I do like Huso the best on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, Halak's kind of a risky proposition, which may end up being good for GPPs. You know, he's probably not going to be very high owned, and he does have some upside in a victory. I'm going to go for my hat trick pick, a new face in a new place. I'm going David Perron.
2: Oh, I'm going with the same team. Um, I got our buddy, Yakov uh, Vrana. Hopefully uh, he starts the season in a big way. Yeah, maybe he doesn't get enough uh, ice time to do it, but um, I believe in his new line mates. So Yakov on my hat trick pick.
0: Yeah, and new coach who was the Tampa uh, John Cooper's assistant in Tampa Bay, much better coach than Jeff Glasshill. Not bashing Glasshill's hockey knowledge, but I am bashing his X's and O's. <laughs> um, anyway, promo code Power Play. We got to get out of here. Aton and Jeff are coming up after us. No house advantage. We will be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Um, I couldn't find the flavor of Banga that I like, so I have a new energy drink we're going to try out. So join us bright and early, 9 a.m. tomorrow for Sun Cliffy. I'm the big dog, Josh Harris. This is the little guy you heard uh, make some quips. This is my hi son, Nicholas. Avery. He's saying hi to his cousin. Shout out, 97.5 PST or whatever. Uh, but we'll catch you tomorrow.
2: Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone.
3: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account. Where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of
3: $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us.
2: Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC.